Foodies Rock with Leslie Chesterman on Show 97.7. An expert's guide for what to put in your mouth and where to do it. It's 11 minutes after 7. It's Wednesday morning, and that means time to say good morning to Leslie Chesterman. Good morning, Leslie. Yes, good morning, Terry. I'm not talking to you from a car this week. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> that's Last all right. week I was in a car because one of my children <laughs> forgot something somewhere. So before school, I had to rush through the town and grab it. But today I am sitting here full of ideas, bursting with ideas. And I wanted to talk to you about something I'm working on tonight, which is, you know, do you ever watch TED Talks? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I I think we all do. Well, of course, TED Talks now in time of coronavirus are all kind of virtual. And uh, I was asked by the TED people of Montreal uh, a a while ago to uh, work as moderator on one of them that's that's happening tonight called Shaping the Future of Restaurants. Mm -hmm. And I'm mentioning this because I'm not paid to do it, and uh, neither are the other two people I'm doing it with. And tickets are free. So if anybody's interested in this virtual event, it's at 6.30. And what I want to talk about today is that actually when you do a TEDx thing, little known to me, is there's actually a huge time commitment involved okay so like we have been practicing for this ted like it might as well be putting on a school play you know what okay. i mean uh, like a musical and um i'm doing the two other people doing it is, is the first of all is mandy wolf one of the two partners who owns the mandy salad chain which of course during covid was i mean their whole operations kind of went to delivery and takeout and there's you know all kinds of things happened to them and the other person is Mark Cohen who is the chef of the restaurant Laurence but also a, their wine bar called Larry's and they also have a butcher shop called the Laurence Butcher Shop so the three of us with the TED people have been you know really trying to come up with making this this good and i just wanted to give you some of the things like a lot of things came out during this conversation because Often when we read about what's going to happen to restaurants uh, before and after COVID, uh, we're reading a lot of things from the states where they have a very different situation than, than us because they're in such a mess right now, um, not getting a lot of help from the government. And uh, another thing is that, you know, we look at things like people saying, oh, 75 percent of the restaurants are going to close. And. And actually, with these conversations, some really positive things came up, too. So I just wanted to give you a little bit of a feel. I'm not going to give away the punch, as they say, but just like a few things that came up during this conversation that not only like we didn't think about, but it actually might even reflect the way we are dealing with COVID, like surprisingly good things. Is okay, that that's optimism. Yeah. Are you up yeah, for yeah. some optimism? Yeah, no, I was, I was, was going to say, let, let's have some of the good things. So you're on the right track. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the thing is that, of course, they all kind of panicked when, um, you know, it happened so fast when restaurants closed. So my first question to these two were really like, what did you do? You know, and they both admitted like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? So they both, interestingly enough, like a lot of restaurants at the time to say we're closed and a lot of people closed for a month. I don't know if you remember. And some people closed for longer because they couldn't, although they were an essential service, according to the government. But let's say, for instance, Laurence did something really interesting, which is they put the emphasis on their butcher shop, and they started, you know, really doing a lot of delivery for people because, you know, back in the early days, we couldn't get flour. I mean, they didn't have toilet paper, but they were really supplying boxes of vegetables. And, like, in 24 hours, they changed their business model to become, like, almost a grocery store. Yeah, nobody nobody wanted to go out. Well, that's it. So I remember I went in there the, like the first week and it, I mean, there was no talking even. But funny, it's funny because I don't know if there were even masks, but 
maybe they were wearing masks. That was so long ago. But they were preparing boxes to deliver to people, and they had big bags of flour. And this is like a place where you'd usually go and get hamburgers. You know, there were still hamburgers there, and they closed their restaurant. And they started, like, really questioning a lot of things. So the next thing that came up is, like, okay, like, what, you know, what happened next? And they said they really had to decide, both of them, like, Mandy's and uh, the Laurence group, what was, like, like what keeps what do you keep and what do you ditch? And the Mandy's people are, like, every week in our, in our shops, in our you know, restaurants, we had, like, cut flowers and nine kinds of organic kombucha, like, all of that gone, you know? And that's kind of interesting because, you know, in a way, the, I see that's like a reflection of us is like, I think in our lives also, we're like, we don't need this and we don't need that. So maybe a lot of things, uh, maybe like the kids going to school, we do need, <laughs> like there's yeah. some things we do need that we yeah. had to get rid of. But um, it's it's interesting how suddenly they said things like it suddenly gave them an opportunity to rethink their business that they didn't have before, you know? So for instance, like, um, you know, it, this is an open door to try things, you know? And I, again, I think that's a little bit like us, like even all these people at home making bread, it's like, okay, well, this is an opportunity to, to try things, you know? And they said, you know, even this idea of getting rid of all this stuff, well, you know, how many of us were like cleaning out our cupboards, you yeah. know, I'm still cleaning out my yeah. cupboards. But like so, this is and they said really is like the the uh, the topic of this 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 talk is shaping the future of restaurants, and they're both convinced that, you know, when we come back, we will not be coming back to restaurants the way they were. They don't think they're ever going back to the way they were. No, and in fact that. Other things came up, too, like the whole Black Lives Matter movement means that they really have to start thinking about the way they not it, just even beyond Black Lives Matter. Also, like there were so many issues in the restaurant industry before COVID hit that were kind of there. You know, nobody was really talking about them. Uh, we'll deal with that eventually. Well, now it's like you cannot not deal with these issues. It's like make it or break it. It's, now's the time to re really to rethink restaurants in a but it's actually quite exciting when you listen to them like i think all restaurants now mark cohen says something very interesting about how you know fine dining restaurants could never do delivery you know like whenever you get delivered food it would be like thai you know thai express or you know a pizza place or whatever and suddenly you're seeing fine dining restaurants doing delivery okay it's not always perfect because a lot of the delicate food doesn't necessarily travel well yeah and also routine for that yeah, matter yeah and also fine dining uh, what involves you know for me uh, fine dining involves fine dining which means yes. at that table with that linen with those uh, with yes. that service staff that's fine dining yes. You bring food yes. in a bag home to your coffee right. table. That's not fine right. dining to me. Right. It, yes. In fact, yes. So that's a big issue for them, too. However, like, it's also given them the opportunity. Like, if you see what the Tokay people were doing over the, the pandemic, they were serving, like, rotisserie chicken and chicken pot pie and soup, you know. Right. So right. it also kind of opens the door for them to do more casual food. I mean, it's really been a learning process. They said even trying to figure out what takeout ca containers were the right size for the food was was difficult for them. But they said there's no way that they're going to go back without doing delivery and takeout from now on. So that's like an explosion of right. 
all these restaurants, there's this whole discussion about ghost kitchens, which is, for instance, like a place, if you look at a place like Mandy's with many, many outlets, instead of having many outlets, maybe they'll just have one big central hub from where delivery cars can go. And that's something that a lot of people have been talking about, especially in the States. Um, if there's going to be so much delivery, why do you even need a restaurant with a, with a storefront if you're not going to be using your tables? Hmm. You know? Yeah, so it's like they're, they're even, you know, reconsidering things. Oh, gosh, I hope I'm not giving away the whole talk. They're both sitting there going, what is she doing? But there's, <laughs> this is going to be an hour and a half. So it's like this is just like yeah, a yeah. little taste of what's yeah, going yeah. on. But yeah. like restaurants are really rethinking things like their opening hours, the yeah. number of seats. And it's funny what you said about fine dining because that was one of my questions. That will be one of my questions tonight. And I'm, of course, going to give away the punch here. But one thing that's very interesting is that, you know, when you say, is this the end of fine dining? Like, nobody's going to want to sit in a restaurant for four hours. Nobody's going to want to pay $400 per person for dinner, which, don't laugh, uh, that that is out there. You can do that. And then, on the other hand, I saw yesterday somebody in Manhattan has bought these kind of outdoor bubbles for people to yep. sit in two by two. Did yeah. you see that picture? I did. Oh it's God. crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's just crazy. Well, I just crazy. hope if you go into that bubble, they disinfected <laughs> yeah. from the last yeah. people. Who would be like, I don't know. Would you burn candles in there? Like, candles? Think, and yeah, yeah, I don't think you could. And then you die of, like, CO2 poisoning? Yeah, I, I know. I'm curious. Just, just before we wrap up, uh, Leslie, I'm curious. We'll, we'll get to where people can see this and stuff. But you you mentioned Black Lives Matter. What what are the how is the restaurant industry tied into some social justice movements? Well, very much so, especially like a place like Laurence, where it's always been a priority for them. Let, well, let's just take one thing for instance, tipping. Okay, so gotcha. it, it is yeah. there. There are statistics that say that black people get tipped less than white people, or yeah. you know, women or men. Like so, this right. is something that. A, a way, if you that, like, for instance, the Laurence Group wants to eliminate tipping, which yeah. means that you will pay a little bit more on your bill, but they will distribute the money fairly. So it's kind of when you're tipping and you look at your waitress and you're like, was she enough of a slave for me today? You know, yeah. like, and there's a lot of sexual harassment when it comes to servers too. So this is something that people have been really talking about, and yet a lot of people implicated this have then pulled back and gotten rid of it, especially in the states. It's a very hard thing to do, and waiters don't want to give up their tips. I know we talked about this here before but there's a lot of racism when it comes to tipping you know okay so people shouldn't be awarded for you know how they treat you at the table Understood. they should be awarded for you know for doing yeah. their job well yeah um where can people see it i know it doesn't cost anything what time and where do people watch this well, TEDx Montreal has a. We're gonna. Well, I'll send you the link for the website. If so, okay. if you go to TEDx Montreal, there's a link to sign up for it. Tickets are absolutely free. Uh, it is a Montreal-based event. So, uh, but there will be people from outside watching in too. And it's at 6:30. And tickets, like I said, there. I'm repeating myself. Yeah. It's free. Free is a very important word these days. All of us are volunteering to do <laughs> yeah. this. But okay. I think it's a great way to like. It's it's really a lot of interesting things are coming up. And like I said, it's not all negative. If if you want to see what's going to be going on with your favorite restaurant in the future when i'm sure this is what's going to happen maybe some things will go back to normal but let's you know when they say reshaping the restaurant let's make it better because now they have an opportunity and they see it as an opportunity to make it better well that's positive uh tonight yeah. at uh, 6 30 uh, go to shom.com this morning after nine o'clock we'll put the link up uh, along with the link to this conversation leslie thank yeah. you great have a great day Terry. okay we'll talk to you next wednesday okay bye